When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Franny Benali. This is Klaus Lundekvam. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush, and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcasts at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number. This is episode 154. Happy Easter to all our listeners, or Passover? (laughs) Do we have any Jewish listeners? I don't know, I'm not too sure. But anyway, today we have a much brighter episode for you. Tim will be on hand once more to chat over our massive, massive win against Arsenal yesterday. We also have two previews to go through. Uh, We hit the road to play Burnley at Turf Moor on Thursday and then a short trip to Brighton next Sunday. Um, We also have a very, very special guest for you this week, and I would like to bring him in from the off. It's the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. Shalom, bitches. (laughs) How are you? Um, Yeah, I'm all right. Um, A little bit bit worse for wear, but uh, still fighting as fit as I can be, and uh, yeah, I'm glad to be back. It I just want to yeah. say on behalf of, well, I speak for myself, but I'm sure I speak for everybody else that, that have missed you, and I've had so many people oh. asking about you, and everybody everybody loves you, and yeah, they just, I just want you to know that you are loved, and yeah, it's so, so good to have you back, especially after a win like this, so yeah, thank you for coming back. Thank you. The feeling is more than mutual. Uh, yeah, I uh, love you guys too, and yeah, all the listeners, uh, especially anyone who's reached out. Thank you very much, and yeah, we love you all. It's just yeah, like just like any Pompey manager at the moment, I've got uh, a lot of shit to sort out. So uh, yeah, <laughs> just taking a little bit of a backseat with the podcast. No, it's it's all understood. Um, and while you've been away, Kev, we've had uh, a fantastic substitution for you. We've had Tim, who's been 
Hey. He's been excellent. I couldn't have asked more from him. And Tim, I just want to say I love you too. Oh, thank you very much. But right. I, I can never, me. I can never live up to the standards that Moscow Mush has been able to provide for the, for the podcast. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to hold on for dear life while he's, uh, he's taking care of his, himself, which is the most important thing. But it's great to hear from you. It's great to see you. And it's great. And we definitely all missed you, including me. Ah, oh, cheers, Tim. Yeah, thanks for keeping the pot warm whilst I was off of it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been listening in. Your week away from the football, Tim, how was it? Oh, geez. Pollen here is absolutely disgusting in North Carolina. Uh, but besides that, uh, closing, closing in, it's been about a month, and now I have to blow up my itinerary when I come see you guys. Yeah, thanks to Liverpool. Bloody Liverpool, yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be a pain, but nonetheless uh, excited because I'll be there in a month. Absolutely. And Kevin? Yay. Прошлая неделя. Прошлая неделя. Нормально. Просто нормально. Normal. 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 Нормально. That's how bad my Russian still is. Um, and uh, yeah, you're working on it, man. It's, it's good, it's good, it's good. Keep going. I am, but yeah. Um, a reminder, if you appreciate what we do, uh, and you feel you'd like to buy us a pint, uh, then please head over to buymeacoffee.com. I said .com again. What is the matter with me? Please head <laughs> head over. To... Sex, sex, sex. That's all they think about these days. <laughs> please head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Um, and you can check out our membership there also. Right then, guys, shall we get into the ITN news? What little news we have? Let's get into them, baby. This is ITN in that number news. OK, then uh, I just want to talk about uh, Fraser Forster for a second and his contract. Um, with well, he's got two months left on his contract now. Ralph has said nothing new. So as it stands, he will be leaving in June. Tim, we can't allow this to happen now, can we? We couldn't anyway, right? No. I, honestly, unless you have some sort of lined up plan that which they haven't had any full communication on outside of he's planning on leaving, you know, what's the expectation? Uh, there is the slight rumor of uh, Gabriel Salinia from the Chicago Fire. So you, you should definitely look out for him. He's going to be absolutely fantastic. Potential number one here in the next uh, five years for the U.S. national team. Uh, but Poland might try to snag him. Uh, nonetheless, I mean, 34, he's got best years ahead of him. And while the last six years uh, have been up and down, whether it be the two years he was in Celtic or whatever it might be. What else are you going to get out there? Sam Johnstone is not going to meet what we're looking for, and why not keep Forster on? Uh, I don't know how long it would be or the consideration for somebody like Slovenia, who's a 17 or going to be soon to be 18-year-old. Uh, beyond that, what are we thinking? What are, what's going on? And there's no communication from the club. That scares me a little bit going into next year. Yeah, and Kev, I mean, like I said, as things stand, you know, all our goalkeepers, the, the whole core are out of contracts in June. So that's Forster, McCarthy, Caballero, of course, because, you know, his loan comes to an end. And we've got Harry Lewis out as well. So, <laughs> you know, that something needs to happen. And this seems like the most logical situation right now, doesn't it? Keeping keeping Fraser on. I'd keep, yeah, keep big Fraser. I'd be criminal not to, I mean, looking at his performance in the previous match and, well, I mean, leading up to it. I mean, yeah, he did let in six against. Chelsea, 
Um, no, the, the defence led but, six against Chelsea, not him. <laughs> that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, let's blame somebody else for that. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't wasn't really his fault. But to come back like that with a performance like that and to make um or to almost make as many saves as uh, he let in pre- the previous match, I mean, it just shows the the metal that he's got. Absolutely. You've got to keep him, um, even if it means losing McCarthy. I'm afraid. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, and also the, the players that are also out of contract, we've got Amanda Breuer, that situation hasn't been resolved yet. And with, with Chelsea and all that, we don't know what's going on. Um, Jack Stevens, he still hasn't been announced. Uh, Shane Long too, another one. And add that to the likely transfers of Redmond, Walcott and Gineppo. This summer, there's going to, we're going to see a massive clear out. Yeah. I mean, Walcott and Gineppo, I'm not too sorry to see the back of. Um, unfortunately, nice guys. I'm sure they are. But, um, yeah, keeping hold of Shane Long and Jack Stevens um, and snagging Breuer would be a massive coup, obviously. But, and Redmond? Um, yeah, those those two. Redmond, yeah, I think he's got a role on the team. Um, he came on yesterday, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, he, was, he was all right. But, you know, I think if he can agree to a slight wage cut or something, because he's nearing more the end of his career now, isn't he, Redmond? Yeah. Um, right. I think, you know, keeping hold of him would be a good option to have. I mean, Tim, all those people that could potentially be leaving, and we've talked about the people that are out of contract and stuff, we need to bring some of these players in to replace them. It's all very well, all those going, which is fine, you know, that's at the, you know, the stages they are in their career. Um, but they need to be replaced, right? We can't have a thin squad like we did last year. Of course, of course. And I think that the new ownership alongside the current management that they have they have some plans in place. Now, they're being very secretive about it. They don't necessarily want to go into them further. But using a sort of hybrid method that Brentford used and with uh, Rasmus coming in, we'll see what happens. Now, are we going to pull and get, you know, the 17 to 21, 22, 23-year-olds, which we have kind of seen as a trend recently? And also, I mean, Stuart Armstrong is getting 30 years old. LNUC is 28. Redmond is 28, so if you're looking for that fresh, that new blood in, uh, you know, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. And while Gineppo might have some value, I think that's probably the best route to be able to get him, and I could see him going to something like the Belgian League. And from there, Walcott, if we can just get his wages off, no one's going to want to take him. If he wants to go to a championship club to play and make, some, make a difference, it's probably the only thing we're going to be able to see. Um, I think Smallbone will probably go out on loan if not being sold in the summer. Also, a, a word on Theo, Kev, that you, you mentioned him. You won't be too happy to see him go. When he signed his two-year deal in the summer, there was supposedly a coaching role um, with the club afterwards, but we've not heard anything since then. Yeah, it's an interesting one that they've gone quiet on that with the, the new structures that have been in place since that he signed that contract. That's true. Um, yeah. But, I mean... Yeah, Ralph's still there, so maybe, you know, he, he did have an idea from the back room, but I guess we'll see you next season. He's going to be the water boy. <laughs> the Walcott boy. The Walcott boy. Yeah, and you know, you know, when, when we go down injured in, in that 75th minute and uh, we, we go and get some uh, some drinks and refreshments and stuff like that, he could be the person that brings them on, just saying. Yeah, I mean, you could run quite fast to bring on the, the, the gel, all slowly, yeah. whatever's needed. Yeah. yeah. Um. Loney's, uh, again, not much to, not much to talk about. Uh, Ross County's, uh, Kane Ramsey, Jake Vokins. Obviously, Kane Ramsey not playing. Jake Vokins is, but, uh, they're not winning. Uh, Dan and Lundaloo injured still. Uh, Will Ferry playing, but not scoring. Caleb Watts, obviously injured. Um, this is Tim, Simeu, 
Carlisle United, can you believe it? He picked up another booking yesterday. <laughs> Unbelievable. At this point, I'd be surprised if he didn't. No, I know. That's number seven in just 16 appearances. And just in comparison, uh, a guy called Jack Armour has the most yellows on this Carlisle side with nine. So just two more than Simeu. But he's had 40 appearances to Simeu's 16. So <laughs> he's definitely going to smash that record. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Discipline issues, isn't it? Seems like he might. Uh, and also worth a mention, uh, Jack Bycroft is uh, on loan at Dorchester Town. Uh, he put in a man of the match performance in their 3-0 win over Hendon. Uh, and he had a penalty save in the first half, so it's definitely worth mentioning. Oh, yeah. It's one keeper that we'll definitely have next season. Yeah? <laughs> oh, the B team. Yes, the B team. Uh, no action again for the Bees. As I said, they're, they're, they're still on their layoff. Uh, Monday the 25th uh, at Newcastle is their next game. Uh, but the women's big, big week for the women. Uh, Sunday the 10th, that was last Sunday, a 5-0 home win over Hounslow. Uh, goals from Siv Wright, Pusey with a double, Watling and Farrah. Uh, and then on Thursday the 14th, a 9-1 win on the road uh, to Keensham Town. Goals from Kendall, Ella Morris with two, Pusey with two, Watling with two. Steve Wright and Alice Griffiths. Again, a fantastic week. They just seem to be going going off on one right now since that win at uh, Ipswich. Uh, and next up, Plymouth today, uh, that's Sunday the 17th. That's a 2 p.m. kickoff, so they're probably just coming up to halftime, and that's at Snows. Um, and they, they've got top spot now. They're top on their own, one-point advantage over Ipswich with two games in hand on them. So, come on, girls, let's go get this title now. And, of course, they've got them up the road uh, on Wednesday. Right then, guys, shall we get stuck into Arsenal? Dean Hammond's here. Thank you for tuning in to In That Number. Okay then, Arsenal. Um, Ahead of this fixture then, all sorts of stats were favouring Arsenal and, you know, the smart money would have been on them, given the current form. And Arsenal, you know, looking to do the double over us. The reverse fixture, a comprehensive 3-0 loss at the Emirates. Um, And it was another 3-0 win for Arsenal in the match before also. Um, But with Brighton uh, beating Spurs, that having an impact on both of us uh, on Saturday, this made this fixture even more important than it already was. Um, So we held them off, a nice clean sheet. Uh, Change of shape, change of personnel, uh, incredibly important 1-0 win. Um, A goal from Jan Bednarek just before the half to seal all three points. Um, We had to face a lot of pressure from Arsenal, tons of possession, tons of crosses into the box. Plenty of clear-cut chances, and we, we kept all of them out by Fraser Forster. Um, big changes then. Uh, formation and personnel, as I've said. Valerie in. Kyle Walker-Peters pushed forward, uh, along with Perro as, as wing-backs. Broya able to return. But I guess the best bit of news was the return of Lianco. I fucking love that man. You know What, what an easy guy he is to root for. To have a, you know, a big injury layoff like he did and come straight back into the eleven against well, Champions League chasing opposition. And to put in a performance like that was nothing short of heroic. Um, and also, I just want to say that Ralph mentioned that Forster almost missed the game with an ankle injury after training on Friday. He didn't even finish training. So, you know, that, that could have been a different story. But uh, we called it a back three, I guess. But, you, you know, it could also switch to a back four when it was needed. But, you know, the changes had to be made. Yeah, I mean, Forster and Goy, you wouldn't have thought that he had an ankle injury or was nursing anything from, from his performance. Um Lianco definitely was a surprise. I wasn't expecting to see him back so soon. I thought he'd be out for the rest of the season. Mm, me too. But it's great that he is there, and um, I think, think he did well. 
um, paired up with Bednarek quite nicely. Um, yeah, again, it's always strange to see Battery in a centre-back position. It always gets me nervous. But, um, I mean, aside from a couple of, uh, there were massive clangers, but a couple of mistakes. Um, yeah, you, on the whole, he was not too bad. Yeah, he, he, I think he, he grew into the game, as they say, didn't he? Uh, Tim, the, yeah. the, the changes, were they were they surprising for you as they were for me? No, not at all. Uh, especially with the change of setup that we had against Chelsea in the six-year loss, uh, that was ter- which was absolutely terrible. They brought in and wanted to solidify that back. So it really saw right around the four or five-minute mark while we had Perot and Walker-Peters, they slotted back into like a, you know, in what you saw as a 5-4-1. And attacking going forward, it definitely became more of a hybrid and, and maneuvering throughout the, throughout the heat map on the pitch. Um, but seeing that, solidifying it in, and bringing Leonco back with him being fit, he when he's came in, he's played that back uh, that the the sweeper role in the back five. So to me, um, the changes with Leonco coming in, him coming back from injury, uh, no, this is what absolutely we needed to do. They slowed the game down. They wanted to they wanted to make sure that there was any uh, trouble in the movements because Odegaard. Uh, Martinelli, Saka, those front three are really pretty good. And uh, we wanted just to get a control of that game and knowing that once we had the defense down, we can then move forward and push that heat map back up towards the uh, towards the middle third and the final third. Yeah, and and heading into the into the match in the early stage of it, I mean it was it was just such a better start compared to last week. Um open in 20 minutes, we looked up for it. You could see, you know, and it was, but it was evident that that Ralph had told them to hold off on the press and just solidify, like you mentioned, and pack the midfield out a little bit. And it, it was almost as if he'd set up not to lose rather than to go for it, which is what, you know, we don't normally see from Ralph. But after last week, you can't really blame him either. He didn't want to see another one of those pounding of the game because they wanted to, he wanted to cut off the bleeding when he can. Uh, I mean, how many points have we had in the last five games? Uh, all I can think of is leads with the draw, and that's it. So... Yeah. Uh, you want to be able to build that up, uh, build that in that we can, you know, we don't want to let in those many, that many goals. And then we're going to feel like he could bring in the, the appropriate people and make the changes and the adjustments uh, later on in the second half. So to me, um, I'm really happy with how it went. Now it wasn't the most uh, enticing or pleasing game to watch. They were very, just punt the ball down, get rid of it. And with 25% possession on the game, that was, you could definitely tell that it was, uh, don't, let's not lose and just yeah. try to make sure we don't hemorrhage again. Because if you just get into that spiral, that downturn, I mean, you, we're going to be limping into the end of the season. And what's the, you know, what's the, the positivity going into the next season? It's not there. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with it at all. I think it had to be done. I know, yeah, like you said, it wasn't the best to watch at times and it was very much back to the wall, but. It was. It stopped the bleeding, didn't it? And it, it worked. And you know, at one point in the game, I was thinking, I'll take a draw here, even if it's a nil-nil one. We have to take it. But to get the win, playing the way we did, it was fantastic. And you know, yeah, like you like you mentioned back then, it it was a formation that they could slip back to a back four, um, a back five if they needed to, and it was something that they could you know move on the fly and depending on how the game was going. Um, but I'm not saying that we had to sit back and soak up all of the pressure for, for 90 minutes because, you know. That, that still wasn't the plan, but we did have our chances of our own. And 
bro you're causing problems on his return straight away uh, dragging ben white uh, out wide skipping past and then putting that little low cross into the box which um Elianusi couldn't get enough on it and right there that equaled the amount of chances we had in that whole of the chelsea game so that it was a it was a much better start and something that we we looked like that we were going to build on. Yeah, so there there was the the, the sneaky pushes and we definitely had an, a, a decent amount of corners, so six corners, and we're actually third in the amount of corners that we had in all the Premier League. So that's saying that while we may not necessarily getting uh, we're getting we're getting the progression up there and getting the shots on, but it they're being deflected and they're or they're not being in the you know their correct way, so. Trying to push up and get as much as we can. That was where we had the chances and, and the deflections came off and controlling it there with set ball, uh, set pieces. That first set piece was off the training ground and looked absolutely fantastic. I think we've been nothing but successful when it comes to our corners. Uh, I f- feel like they've been really successful in the last, in terms of quality. Uh, that's Kelvin Davis or whomever the goal, the, um, mm. the set piece, set piece coach there. Um, just lots of good positive things to take from it, despite the fact that we, you know, we sat back heavy with that back five. Um, we had a great amount of tackles, definitely uh, were involved in the aerials. Um, just, you know, overall, just not going to be dispossessed in too many ways, just getting rid of it, clearing it, and solidifying what was um, a win that we'll take. And I felt it was unexpected. Very, very unexpected. Um, so a- after the, the initial 20 minutes or so, Arsenal got into the game, Kev, and we looked quite shaky, I would say. And Forster had to, had to make a strong save on Martinelli. And then Saka had a clear chance shortly after. And again, Forster made a strong save. That was an incredible save because that was like the one-on-one, wasn't it? That was, um, they, you know, tore the defence over to one side and Saka seemed to be... Seems to have a lot of space and time, but Forster with an incredible save. Yeah, he just sort of just li- lifts up his right arm and just kind of says stop <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that was more on Saka or Forster because you know you probably should have done uh, it a bit better than that I don't know it seemed like quite a clean shot and yeah but I mean there was just such a gaping space I guess that he he probably just aimed from the middle of it and um, Forster's a big guy he can get across quite quickly and and stop it but they were both absolutely world-class saves well class is is right yeah and and it did look like a goal was coming from Arsenal, and but it came from us. And after a spell of possession, we had a you know a couple of corners, a free kick out wide, but the goal came from Arsenal switching off, I guess you could say, and then maybe having their heads on the halftime talk. I don't know, uh, but Ward Prowse whips the corner in, and Ramsdale punches out. Perot just just kicks over his head in hope more than judgment. Yeah, overhead kick from Perot was spectacular. <laughs> yeah, but I was but, like, um, oh, what was that? Because it was right in front of me. And, yeah, and then, you know, to see Elianusi keep it in and then, you know, pull it back to, to, to Ben Narek, of all people. And then... Did you did you realise at the time that they were all onside? Well, looking back at it on match of the day, Ben Narek was in an offside position, wasn't he? One of their players was playing everybody on. Yeah, because I, I saw, I saw Ben Narek in an offside position. I thought, what's he doing just walking back? Elianusi definitely was, uh, came back into an onside position. I definitely saw Ben Narek in an offside position. Mm. And I felt like there was the trot, but you saw, he saw that Perot was going for the overhead to, to dump it back in. And he positioned himself well. And for, it was just the, the right, uh, he was just right there. He's right where he needed to be at. Just smashes it through Rams down to the roof of the net. Although he did get a touch. It was just a little bit too powerful for him. And that, yeah, amazing. Amazing time to score as well. And 
Yeah, jubilation around. Has he had this season? That's his fourth. Fourth. Yes. You you want to? He is the leading Polish goal scorer in Premier League history with seven. Is that right? That can't be right. Wow. He is the leading Polish goal scorer. So fun fact of the day. And uh, do you know what? I, I, I'm usually right up there with those stats because I fucking love them. But I must, I must have missed that one. That's that's amazing. That can't be yeah. right. That can't be right, can it? Yes. Well, who else? Yes, it is. How many poles have scored? Being scored they're usually goalkeepers, the aren't they? The poles. Mm. Yeah. And secondly, is that while I don't necessarily may not consider it, that was Arsenal's first conceding goal from a corner. This season, that wasn't a corner. That wasn't a direct corner. That was a different phase of play, wasn't it? Yeah, it's technically. Yeah, I was just about to say if you want to call that a corner, but in terms of they have not let in a goal all all the way through. So from that uh, that perspective, even if it was a set play in the second phase, um, they've had a they've had it on lockdown. Breaking their lockdown, so we've got the Omicron variant here. If we then <laughs> welcome back, Kevin. shit gag of the day. It's so good to have you back. Um, but, but yes, we, we can we can score sometimes. It does happen. Um, so yeah, that, that's it. Uh, fourth goal of the season. Apparently, Tim has just told me that he's the he's the uh, top Polish goal scorer in Premier League history. That's even better. I love that. Yes, and that's one more than he scored in his previous four seasons combined. So. There we go, Tim. There's one for you. Um, and good scoring season for him yet, but he's got two more than Adam Armstrong, and he was our replacement for Ings. So who would have put money on that? He's got a couple of own goals to his, to his, uh, add to his tally as well. Can, can we add them to his totals? I don't know. Well, we've taken them away, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, Mikel Arteta was, was visibly frustrated, and you know he brings on the cavalry, like Smith Rowe comes on, Cedric comes off uh, in an attempt to bolster the attack but all we saw was just more possession from them and yet even more frustration because we were just forcing them to have shots from deep and I recall Saka came close uh, but you know it was it was a very difficult time because I couldn't sit still and we couldn't keep the ball at all and every time they touched it you know Arsenal closed them down one back possession which usually resulted in a force to save and at one point, it was becoming forced versus Arsenal. It was unbelievable in terms of just commandment that he had. He was commanding the box. You felt that he was a threat, and as much a goalie can be a threat. Um, he, he, this past month has been one of his best months that he's ever had as a Southampton keeper, and I'm really happy to see that, especially after the last few years of ups and downs that he's had personally and for professional reasons. Um, but just being on top of it, he, he was a big force and he looks like it. He's a mean son of a gun and I'll still always take him as the guy that I'll never want to find in a back alley to get a fight because he's going to be the one who's going to knock you down. Going to club you. Yes. Um, yeah, Pepe had, a, had an appearance as well and another Arsenal fullback was was taken off and that was um, uh, Tavares. So, yeah, I felt then, Kevin, that Ralph needed to make a change to stop this from happening because it, we were going to keep seeing more and more and more pressure and it seemed like only a matter of time before the before the equaliser came. So were, were you surprised, Kevin, that he didn't make any any substitutions until the 74th minute or was that just typical Ralph Arsenal? This is classic Ralph, isn't it? But, um, yeah, it, he must have seen that, oh, it is working, give it a second chance. But um, luckily, he's also sent in the cavalry and... Uh, Brought on Shane Long to to shithouse the match. <laughs> yes, I saw that. That was great. Um, Tim, what was really refreshing to me was like the amount of possession that we faced, 
but we had no defender lunging in recklessly because, I mean, you know, Lianko's going to have that in him at some point. Um, they, they didn't get impatient with it. They stuck to their task well. They kept the shape and they didn't let them progress. And, you know, they were forcing them to make those shots and take those deep crosses. And you could argue that we... <laughs> We needed maybe to close down the ball carrier a little bit better because there were moments when Odegaard had the ball and would whip in a cross and we'd have to deal with it. And usually Lianco or Forster would, would do that. I mean, Saka was causing issues and Smith Rowe had an effort which Forster saved again. And that one was go. That was it was I think it was the one he hit down onto the ground. And I just thought it was going to be it was going to come a point where Forster was going to run out of steam because he was just being asked to stand on his head time after time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's crazy to think about, but that, that was Ben Eric's best game this season he's had. And he was there in a presence that made uh, – he, he was known. He won all the aerials that he had. He won every uh, – he had multiple tackles. He had uh, every – he had a ton of interceptions. I believe it's four that I'm looking at. Just great to see all around him being on top of it. And I think between them, Lianco, who, you know, can be that aggressive guy, and Valerie – he did have that one kind of a hiccup leading to uh, with a, with an awkward pass, but he solidified and slotted back in. Second half, I didn't feel that there was really truly any gaping holes, and they settled down, and they've made it work with that five at the back, four, four three, however it transitioned. Kev, do you think that Ramadan's played a part in, in Salisu being left out? Um, because you know, we saw no Diallo, we saw Gineppo. Um, oh, Gineppo, of course, yeah. Uh, none of them were involved, but I mean, you could you could argue that Salisu, you know, he needed a break, but also Bednarik needed a break. I feel after last week, and maybe Jack Stevens was was going to have to come in, but that didn't happen. He kept Bednarik in. You mentioned it at the top of the show, Kev, that him and, and Lianco looked good together, um, but I, I, I don't know. I think maybe um, Ramadan is is made Ralph's mind up a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, that could be that could be a factor, but. Um, again, he's got options for any such eventuality, and yeah, he, he does like um, uh, slotting Valerie in, into his. I don't know, is it out of position now? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, over, <laughs> over Jack Stevens. I mean, yeah, Walker Peters on the left is that out of position anymore? It's difficult to say, isn't it? Seems yeah. to be um, equally good in, in both. Um, but yeah, looking at that, looking at the lineup and the substitutions he made, that I mean, it's, it's a quality squad. He's got. Uh, yeah, uh, and it was a well-disciplined performance, I thought, from 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 the team, and in, in the sh- in the terms of shape, and but it wasn't just the backline because you know Ward Prowse, Armstrong, uh, Romeu had to be switched on all game, and you know he got bodies in the box, who made it you know that much harder for Arsenal to penetrate. Um, you know they did at times, okay, but you know we had Fraser Forster playing the way that he did, and 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 that is why we picked up the points. It's because of him. But yeah, great great togetherness at the whistle as well. You know, celebrating with the Northern, that was nice to see and if they keep their heads up, we know that they can make a decent comeback after these horrific losses that we've been facing. And yes, yeah, it's just another one to add to the tally. Yeah, and, and Tim, Tim, I want to talk about the subs a bit. You know, Long for Broya, Redmond for Stu, uh, Livramento for Elianusi. We, we had a dilemma at, uh, at fullback last season, but we solved that issue this year. Tino and, and Perot come in with, with uh, K, KWP and Valerie. At one point, Tim, we had all of them on the field at the same time yesterday. I don't think that's going to happen again. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen four fullbacks on the field at once. Have you seen England play? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, he could he could have as many right <laughs> no, backs. No, he doesn't put them all on at the same time, though, does he? <laughs> no. no. Four. 
Tim, I want to focus on Forster for a little bit because brilliant. Okay, as we mentioned, faced six saves on target and he saved them all. Um, For all you mathematicians out there, that's a hundred percent save percentage. Yeah, I was I was hoping for an applause there. (laughs) That's that's one for countdown, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, And some of them were terrific, but yeah, Tim, this is all about Fraser Forster today, right? Absolutely. And I do want to give Ben Eric as, as much quality as he had, especially even not looking at the goal, um, which was a good position on his part. Uh, those two players were the the best players today. And Forster having, like I said, one of his best months that he's ever had in the Southampton team, he, he's definitely making the case for him to get that next contract because who would have thought in the fall where – we thought McCarthy would just be taken over. He'd be slotting in. We'd get a youth, you know, a youth keeper who'd be a backup who could eventually replace him. And now we're looking at Forster and we're looking at an unknown going into the fall or into the, into the summer. Yeah. And, you know, it's not only Saints number one, he's England's number one. Also, <laughs> oh, That's not going to happen. But um, yeah, Kev, I, I mean, I'm going through the saves that he had. The, the, the Saka save at the start was great. Uh, Smith Rowe, another good save. The one that, you know, the, the, the one that was hit into the ground, but then, you know, had to make a remarkable reactionary save kind of thing. Xhaka had a shot uh, that was curling wide, it looked like, but he was there. Um, I had to make sure, I guess. And yeah, and he dealt with crosses as well. It wasn't just the shots, it was crosses that he was commanding on, and he jumped up. I and mean, there was one in the first half where he punched one, and I thought he probably could have caught that. But uh, other than that, no, absolutely faultless. It was ideal. I, I, you couldn't you couldn't have drawn it up better. He was, he was fantastic all around. His position, going right, going left, going down, going up, uh, punching the ball away. Uh, like I said, commanding, being being a huge presence there. Uh, fantastic. Yep, you, nothing you, can, you couldn't ask more for a keeper. Yes. And Kevin, uh, Lianco, I want to chat about him because, you know, he's been out since January. He comes back in, puts on a show. It looks really up for it. Well. He's got that crazy look in his eyes. Um, and he always takes the opportunity to signal to the fans, you know, like to G them up and stuff. And he also what I've noticed of him is that he congratulates his teammates whenever they've done anything great or anything good, rather. You know, you know whenever Fraze made a save, Lianco was right there to let him know. And he just seems like a great teammate. And then there was a moment as well. I, you probably didn't see this on the highlights or anything, but he, he made a clearance and he blew it up so high. It hit the stadium speaker and it bounced back into play. And he was so eager to chase that down. It's like the balls went out of play and he's like running after that. It's just like, oh, wow. you, you have to love him. And, you know, 10 clearances and three aerial duels won. I just think he was he was great and a great person to have on your side. Yeah, definitely. I think any any uh, of... Uh, Bednarik and Lianko normally would be candidates for um, man of the match, but um, yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to be quite obvious that yeah, Fraser is going to be definitely in the conversation that, that we have. Yes, absolutely, and and Broya, his return also, um, not been in his his goal scoring rhythm lately. Uh, we all know he was ineligible to play last week against Chelsea, but I think we've missed him, and we still do. We still miss his goals and. Um, you know, caused a problem with his early cross that, that we mentioned, and, but he was playing up top on his own, and I, I know it was difficult for him to get going more. He, he didn't see a lot of the ball. He only had one shot, and that was off target. Um, but the game plan was for him not to press as much or as high, and the formation didn't really suit his style of play because it was almost as if he was being used for his pace 
on a counter because we certainly didn't build anything around him as a central figure. Um, but Tim, yeah, how did you how did you mm. rate his performance? No, I'm, I'm sorry. Say that, that you normally need Adams around him just to yeah. To, um, to create that build. Yeah, bro, he, he just did what he could. He basically did a job up there. And him being able to have that hold-up play, if you, you know, dancing in the box or closing around, he picked up the ball probably right, right over where your seats were at um, in the first half. There. Yeah, it was. Yeah, um, right there, yeah. Right there. So you could see you could see him in control. I thought he went out, like, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, he, he was there. And he was uh, – he's doing the best that he could within the role that he was described to do. So I didn't expect – I didn't expect if it was Che Adams or even Adam Armstrong or Long, I wouldn't expect them to have a massive success in that type of formation. Yeah, it did, did surprise me that he brought Long on because that seemed like a formation or, or a situation that would suit Adam Armstrong maybe or even Che a little bit more than – than it did with Shane, but never mind. It didn't matter. Uh, the, the stats, um, 25% possession, nine shots versus their 23. Only three on target to their six, but, you know, ours hit the back of the net, and that's all that matters. And Arsenal had 21 crosses, and we dealt with all of them. We had a total of 41 clearances. That's that's epic. Um, a little bit of trivia for you guys. Uh, who had the most shots for us? Uh, no cheating. Stu. I was going to go with, I'm going with Elian Issy. Okay, and you're going with Stu, Kev. No, it was Roman Perro with four. <laughs> none uh, of them, none of them on target, but yeah. <laughs> um, XG, anyone on hazard a guess at our XG? If you don't already know. 0.3, maybe? <laughs> yeah, it's point point, four. It was 0.7. Oh, okay, that's not bad. And Arsenal's? 2 point something. 1.7. 1.8 I got. So, yeah. Well, Kevin, I'm going to come to you. Man of the match. I mean, we've, we've talked enough about his performance. Um, I don't think there's any more superlatives that I could um, say that none of us have said already. So I'm just going to straight up give it to Fraser Forster. I'll, I'll jump on that as well. Fraser Forster for me has to be. Um, new, new contract needs to come now. That's what I'm worried about. It's not going to. And um, I never thought that he'd return to those heights you know, pre-Celtic, but, you know, here we are. Called up to an England squad. Looks like he's got his confidence back as well, so, that, you know, I couldn't be happier for him. Tim, is it a hat-trick? Yeah, for Fraser Foster, but yeah. I do want to give uh, props to Benaric, though. I think that was his best game, but Forster just for sure. took, took even took it farther than what Benaric was even able to provide. So, congrats to him. Excellent. This is Klaus Lundekvam, and you are listening to In That Number. Okay then, Tim, busy week uh, on the road. Burnley at Turf Moor and then Brighton at the Amex. Um, let's start with Burnley, of course. So Thursday, the 21st of April, that's a 7.45 kickoff, and that is live on Sky Sports. Now, Tim, Burnley have been in the news this past week for, for all the wrong reasons, in my opinion. Um, Sacking Sean Dyche, rather surprisingly, um, you know, the loyalty from that man that he's shown and to do what he's done for the club with the shoestring budget that he's had, uh, to be shown the door in the midst of a relegation battle. It's quite shocking, really. And, you know, that they, they think they can survive with eight games left and, you know, in the turmoil of changing managers. I, I mean, I don't know what the board's thinking. It's, it's, it's madness. Um, they've got Mike Jackson taking over the caretaker on a caretaker basis. And they are playing right now at the London Stadium and they are winning 1-0, though. So, uh yeah, shut up, Ray. You don't know what you're talking about. But 2-2 at uh, St. Mary's in late October. Uh, Cornet with the opener, and then Tino Livramento equalised for his first. 
Uh, Broya gave us the lead, only to be scrubbed out again by Cornet for his second. So, Tim, we need to be buoyed from this Arsenal win and take advantage of Burnley's recent struggles. And, you know, we, we must set up and go looking for the three points. Absolutely. So uh, what's, the, you know, what's the come about from leaving with Sean Dyche? Uh, that's tough. And you, like you said, that's the dumbest thing that they possibly could have imagined. He is the best manager that they can have based on the situation and the, and the players that they do. They have. I don't know what they're thinking. Uh, I think their their owners are idiots. They recent their their brand new owners from their U.S. owners, like a lot of different consortiums, are buying up uh, Premier League clubs. I, I I don't know I don't know what's going on now. So if you didn't see Ashley Westwood just went down and either broke his leg or did something massive, he got carted off here earlier. So one of the best players that they have on this team and trying to push uh, get out of that relegation zone is going to even be tougher without him for the rest of the season. So key players you want to look at, Dwight McNeil, Maxwell Cornet. Obviously, we're going to get some PTSD from his last game that we had. And Wout, uh, Wakehorst, if that's how you actually pronounce it. Um, that, that is, yeah. The, the number nine, he's the target man. He that was very good, Tim. I'm impressed. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, so, you know, what's the, it's the 4-4-2. It's the Brexit ball. You can, you can, you can mess around with it. But, uh, once again, you've got Pope and Tarkowski who are very good, very good players. So it's tough. I don't like playing against them because I feel like there's always some type of struggle that we have. Uh, we, as, as my wife says, we always play down to the teams that are below us, but we always play up to the teams that are above us, except for Chelsea. But, uh, <laughs> we always get that one, and that was the one. Uh, so, I don't know, cause you're, you've got a, you've got a toss up here now with their formation didn't change in this game that's currently against West Ham. I don't think they're going to change their flavor or style. They're not going to go out and play like prime Barcelona. <laughs> they just don't have the players or the, the capabilities of it. And it's all a lot of unknowns, but it doesn't scare me at all in any way to play them. It just does. It's more of a frustration, a game of frustration uh, with the way they're set up and their style. So you're looking at uh, Charlie Taylor, Tarkowski, Nate Collins, Loden as your back four. Uh, Nick Pope and then Jack Cork. Now Weston's going to be out. D- Dwight McNeil in the center. Cornet. They've had like a 4-4-2 with Cornet up top before. They're, right now they've got Jay Rodriguez started. Uh, Wughorst as well. Um, is this where you bring in Ashley Barnes? Uh, I don't know if Dale Stevens is, is up there. Phil Bardsley. He's getting older. Matt Avidra, who a couple years ago scored against us in a beautiful goal. So what to think? What to be scared about? But this is where we go back to the 4-2-2-2 formation. We're not going to sit back with a back five. We're going to go after them. So look for slotting back in with, I believe it's going to be like a Salisu Bednarik pairing. And then I think Livermento is still going to be out again. I'm going to take the liberty of saying it's going to be KWP and Perot alongside Forster. Um, uh, and continuing with Romeo, JW, uh, JWP, and, uh, I mean, you're looking at Leonusi, you're looking at Armstrong, and Che and Brogia up top. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I do, I, I'm not so sure about Salisu coming back in, though. I think, do you not think Lianco and Bednarik need to go again? I think they'd be great. I, I honestly think they would be just fine to do it. Uh, I think, though, that Salisu was, uh, a matchup play as much as he needed a rest and was getting a little bit frustrated there. 
Um, they wanted that solidif- they wanted that solidified where Lianco uh, being even further back in the sweeper role prevented him from being too aggressive going forward and taking the ball up. So I could see Salisu also being out, but I think he's gonna he's gonna come back in because we're gonna they're gonna want more of an aggressive high line, and um, that's that's my prediction. Okay, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna say that Salisu misses out just because of the performance that we had. We kept a clean sheet, and I think they deserve to be st- stuck together. And also Ramadan as well. I think he's gonna pay attention to that. Um, so I think he'll he'll go with that again. Um, predictions, Kevin, do you want to go first? Yeah, go on then. Um, I think Brexit ball without Sean Dyche um, is just a strange combination, and um, I don't see them. Uh, beating West Ham despite them going one or not. So we'll, we'll see if that prediction comes true as well. But <laughs> I think um, I think there'll be no match for us uh, off the back of that win against Arsenal. And, uh, yeah, I think we'll win 2-0. I like it. Tim, do you want to go next? Yeah, uh, I think we're going to we're gonna play down to them. I think it's going to be a struggle of a game. We're not going to play very well. Uh, I don't think Ramadan will be a factor since it's a night game. So there'll be... Of course. Less, I, I apologise, yeah. yeah. So there will be less less of an issue there, whereas on Sunday uh, against Brighton, they'll there that might definitely be higher uh, as a chance. Uh, I, I'm I, I've been toying back and forth with all different types of predictions, but I think they're going to do it. I think they, as in Burnley, are going to do it, and they're going to win one zero, and oh, Weghorst is going to is going to escape. Oh no, Tim! Oh, and in order to get up in the prediction ranks, I got to be different than you guys. So let's t- I'm taking my chances for okay. the rest of the season. It's it's bold, it's bold. You got to be unpopular, but uh, yeah, you got to make make no friends to make your way up to the top. Um, I I I agree with you, Tim, on some things that uh, it's going to be a struggle. I do think it will be, and Burnley are just one of those teams that I hate to, to play against, and you know, especially being up at, at Turf Moor as well. Uh, Great support they've got up there, but I, I, I would love to say that we're going to go and you know win comfortably like Kev has, but I don't think that's going to happen. I, I am tempted to say nil nil, but because we're on a high, I'm going to go for a, a slight one nil win, and it's going to be very very close. But I'd take Saints on a one nil. Um, and then we head to the Amex uh, for Brighton on Sunday the 24th, and that's a 2 p.m. kickoff. Um, uh, we drew 1-1 back at home in, in December with that 98th-minute equaliser from Mope, and that was the last time we saw McCarthy, I think, wasn't it? Um, and Broya gave us the lead uh, back then. Yes. Uh, big win for them yesterday at Spurs. Um, one point above us now, and a big, big game here, and the, and the chance to leapfrog them with a win, have to take it, surely. Um, but, well, mind you, they, I mean, they travel to Man City on Wednesday night, and I'm just going to assume that Man City will you know, be on a mission after being dumped out of the FA Cup. Um, Brentford are just above us also on goal difference but you know we have that game in hand over them um, so and that will be the Burnley game uh, but Brighton I'm, I, I, I'm going off topic here Brighton yes much of the success that they've had this season Tim has come on the road hasn't it because I mean if you look at their home and away tables uh, Brighton sit 18th at home and 6th away so that's got to be encouraging, right? Yeah. Honestly, though, they're the cardiac kids, and I should have pulled this up ahead of time looking at it, but how many games have they either tied or won going into the in the last 20, you know, 15 minutes of the game? Uh, just recently against Spurs, the game against us. Yeah, and we're the complete Malpoy. opposite, so that's not very encouraging. <laughs> yeah. Malpoy being a, being a shithouser. 
He always has, he always can throw himself in there. It's just crazy to think about, but, uh, they're being very successful. They've built themselves a very successful team around uh, Graham Potter, the human goose. Uh, love the guy. And actually, because I think, I actually do think he is able to transcend and provide a good quality of a team that is interesting and is a tough matchup against some, uh, against higher opposition threat. And I feel that Brighton is very similar to us in the trajectory of their team, meaning that they've got a good foundation of a few players. They've got some players that are, um, you know, here and there wishy-washy, but have very high games. And then they have a very good um, academy and with their USG team, uh, that would be the Union Saint Galil in their partnership that the ownership owns both in Belgium and then Brighton. So looking at that, you got their star players or the, their best players on the season. Yves Basuma, uh, he got past the um, legal issues he had earlier, has been starting, been the best player in their team so far. Shane Duffy, when he was on loan last year at, at Celtic, was absolutely terrible, has come back and just, been rock solid back in that back line. Cucurella, if we remember, there was a small uh, chance of us and potentially linked to him coming back from, ooh, I think it's Getafe that he signed from. And, but he's been fantastic on their left wing since they have that, those, those wing backs with uh, Lamke and Cucurella. And, you know, you've got Trussard, you've got, uh, You've got Matt Callister, you've got Lamptey, and then uh, Malpe. So all over the place in terms of what they do, but they don't line up in that traditional 4-4-2 style. They're definitely a fluid 3-5-2 team. Cucurella actually played his left center back, which is crazy to think about because I think he's more of a wing back, but then Trossard swatted back into that left wing back position last week. So rolling all over the place, lots of different uh, players in different areas. Um, but who knows what's going to happen exactly because he does, uh, Graham Potter does tend to rotate a little bit more. So predicting who's going to be you know, in their exact lineup, I can give you probably five or six solid shouts, but I can't predict everybody. Sanchez um, at, and go. Yeah. So you've got, <laughs> all right. So you got Sanchez and goal though. And, uh, I did mention, uh, if, if Shane Duffy is back from injury, which he's out right now, uh, he, he would definitely slot in, but you've got Lewis Dunk and, uh, Veltman in there. Cucurella, I think Trossard, uh, Basuma, Pascal Gross, Lamptey are definitely slotted in. Lamptey is lightning, isn't he? Yeah. He's just quick. Uh, yeah. and he, he definitely needs a little more polish on him. So seeing that he, he could definitely be on that left side if it's, uh, I think Perot can easily match up against them. I think KWP could definitely match up against them. Uh, I think they're, I'm not too much of it. I'm not too worried about those, uh, about Lamptey being a threat against us. Um, so then you got McAllister, Moepu, or even, I don't know, Sally Marsh is he going to come in? He's going to play kind of a, more of a central role. Uh, you've got Danny Welbeck, who he doesn't start, but he comes in and is a solid, you know, 10, 15 minute shift here and there. Adam Lalana, is he going to be injured? Because he perpetually is. But we know that Malpe is just probably going to cause well, L- Lalana came on yesterday, didn't he? Lalana he did. and, and, uh, Danny and Welbeck and Marsh. Yeah. Malpe did not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which he'll, he'll be there. He's going to cause us problems. And I just know it. That's just how, it's how it always is. Okay. Uh, Right, Tim, I'm going to go to you first for predictions, just because you're trying to uh, go against us. So you can go first this time. <laughs> All right. So 
you know, for our lineup, I don't think we're going to change too much going from the Thursday into a Sunday. We might see some general rotations if there if there's an injury. Um, I'm going to go with one one. I think it's going to be it's going to be tougher, and we will get a goal, but they will be the more dominant team throughout it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with you there because that's exactly what I've got written down. I'm not going to change it. I I, I think this has got one one written all over it for me. It just seems the the most logical score. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah just taking a one one. I can see that. Kevin, are you going to break it? No, that's exactly what I've put in front of me. It seems the most <laughs> logical score, doesn't it? It's yeah. going to be so predictable. We'll be leading for you know ninety eight minutes or something, and in the hundred and thirty second minute of added time. Um, yeah. Neil Mopay will come that on. That French little wanker will score on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would like to change my, I would like to change my prediction, please. Oh, you can do if you want. You can I change it if you a, want. Both of them. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna take a 2-1 win then. 2-1 Saints win? Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's alright, he's not gonna jump us with that score, Kev, don't worry. <laughs> if he gets for both of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get 10 points. Do, yeah. That's brave, it's brave, but you could also get none. So, yeah, I'm going to keep that. That's fine. Hi, I'm Matt Letizia, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, then, uh, extra time. Uh, We'll start with predictions after Arsenal. No change for us then. It all went, we all went for an Arsenal win. So, Alex at the bottom on 30, Tim 32, I'm on 39, and Kevin, you're storming away with it still on 47. So, uh, yeah, good stuff there, Kevin. Um, and the, the Discord, uh, no change here also. But uh, I will say Tony A and Dan went for a Saints win yesterday. Not correct score, so there was no movers on the table. But Dan does get off the mark, and Tony A moves level with you, Kev. Um, so, yeah, good job, guys. Uh, and don't forget to put your predictions in the Discord before the Burnley game on Thursday. I want Burnley and Brighton games Please. Uh, Super 6 then. Uh, round 51 was won by Neil Parsons on 9. Um, and 50, round 52, uh, Dan Buck, Andrew Knight, Stephen McCullough, Colin Carter and the Steve Martin on 9 points. Uh, that is the overall lead to Tom Hennigan on 416. It's getting close now. Um, fantasy football then, chaps. I don't want to talk about it this week, Tim. Why is that? <laughs> Have you not seen? Because I, I forgot to do my team, didn't I? I completely forgot. It's a double game week as well, isn't it? For a couple people, yes. Yeah, and I didn't realise, and I just completely forgot to do it, and I'm scored at the moment. Uh, what am I on? 14. What a joke. I had players right. in there that weren't even playing. Just, <laughs> yeah, just sickening. Yeah, I'm rocking uh, 20 points right now, but looking at it, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight game, nine games remaining as well uh, for me. So some of them are with a double game week that have already gone uh, that have already gone with one, but nine games still. And then currently, uh, Matt Target is in the midst of his current game along with James Madison, who. Is, did not even start today, so that, uh, that's shit on me because, uh, I had captained him, so. Yep. Ah, yeah. I mean, I still got, I mean, I had Salah in my team and I should have taken him out because obviously they're only playing, but then, you know, they've got Man United on, on Tuesday, so yeah, um, just not, not very good. Not very good at all. Um, I've got five players with the double game week and, um, I've still got three, three more players to, to play, so my 16 points is going to be a bit higher, but, 
Um, unfortunately, I've um, come under uh, Russian sanctions as a Russian registered player. Uh, my team's been deleted and I've been uh, struck up of uh, all of the leagues. So you'll just have to add me in in kind, I suppose. Top three, Oliver Boast, Matt Markstein and uh, Tim in third position now. He's uh, knocked Freddie Hunt off of the top of the Podders League in, th- in third position. Well done, Tim. Um, yeah, it's all quite tight, although um, yeah, Oliver Boast has got quite a nice little lead there uh, on 20-48 to, to Matt's 20-10. Um, and yeah, Tim's another 80 points behind. So, um, But if we take a look at our big league, um, it's Dave Phillips at the top, uh, then Bobby Brown and Amil Hussein. Uh, with this, are you running? Yeah, see, there Written you go. Written in the um, That is it for this week. Um, just a reminder that if you appreciate what we do uh, and, and you you love to hear the, the tones of Kevin, the Moscow Mush, back, then and you feel you'd like to buy him a pint. You love yeah, it. Just go and buy him a pint. That'll be all you need to do. Don't worry about me. Just just get him a pint. Get get him a pint as well, if you will. Um, yeah, please head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number, um, and you can do that, and it will be very, very appreciated. Um, next week, uh, we will bring you the action from both Burnley and Brighton. So, yes, uh, Kevin, until next week. Tim, until next week. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up Southampton. Podcast Network.